So I think I always say for everything, oh, by the way, we're starting now. (laughs) (laughs) You can leave that in there, Ethan. Um, I always say, like, I'm so excited because I do. I get excited with anybody who says they want to sit with me and have a conversation. I know. But you literally just got off a plane a few hours ago Mm because you live in Georgia. Georgia. As Ronnie used to call you, Georgia Jen. That was was the Jen. Is it Georgia Jen? Is it publisher Jen? Is it makeup Jen? Those were my three yes. gems. You, Jens, you were Georgia Jen. Um, and uh, I'm so excited because uh-huh. I, I was able to kidnap you and get you on here. I mean, we could have done it on a Zoom, but no. I really have this thing with sitting in front of people and having a conversation. I wanted to sit at your table. You wanted to sit at my table. Your magical table. My magical table. It is a little magical, I've got to say. <laughs> mm. um, so... Um, Thank you for coming. Like, thank you for, like, just, yeah, I'm going to come in early. And the first thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to come on Unsilenced, Unashamed, Unstoppable with me. Absolutely. First, I had to eat. I guess. And then I came, because this was all about you, but the food had to happen first. Well, what people don't know is that we do have a mutual love of food. Absolutely. But thankfully, you are staying with Lucy Dickinson because when you come in and you stay with me, we get we get you off the plane and then we go food shopping because you're gluten free and I'm not. And I'm like, I I still don't know what I'm doing. So at least this time, I'm sure Lucy Lucy had food waiting for you. I'm the worst. It was waiting at the restaurant. (laughs) Oh, okay. You went to a restaurant? Oh, I love it. It's all good because we didn't want to spend the time at the grocery store. You know how I get, you know how I get at the grocery store. So we just went right. Oh, it's invent, it's adventures in food shopping yeah. with you. It's actually you actually make it enjoyable to go food shopping yeah, though. Like, oh, I've never seen these crackers. Oh my god, they yes. have cookies. Everything is like a wonderment to you. Yes, it's like Disney. You're like a pit bull puppy. It's like, ooh, what's going on here? I want that. I want that. I want that. Yeah. And I and I actually, do I need the cookies? But like I see them and I haven't had that taste in so long yeah then that's what happens yeah so I get a little squirrely you yeah. get a little squirrely yeah it's okay yeah that's all right I, I, I get like that with so, uh, different Haagen-Dazs ice cream still oh my yeah. now we go yeah <laughs> now you said yeah, it yeah that bagels <laughs> I'm not from New York um so we decided today mm-hmm. that because we're both authors, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna give the the real scoop and the truth about exactly what it is to write a book, mm-hmm. be an author, sell your book, and I'm gonna preface this conversation with because I have been told mm. by different people that uh, sometimes it sounds like I'm shading people. I'm saying things and, you know, it, it, it could apply to people. And, and I don't do that. No. I, I really don't do that. If, if I have a problem with you, I keep it to myself. I tell it to only a few trusted vaulted friends mm-hmm. just to get it out because it, it's not something that I, I want to turn into a thing. Or if it is a big thing, I'm going to find a way to sit down and talk to you about it. Right. So, But I guess I talk about so many things on my social media, on here, that people could feel like I'm trying to use those avenues to get messages out into the universe to others. Uh, So I just want to say I'm not. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I think you're pretty upfront. If there's a message, I think you're going to say it. But particularly because um, we know a lot of writers. Yeah. We know publishers. We know editors. So I don't want anybody to feel like I'm – I just want to have a conversation about this because – 
There are a lot of people who don't know the reality. It's Writing a book is a cathartic experience. I can absolutely say that for certain. But it's also, depending on the topic, it could be quite gut-wrenching. And so you have to be prepared for that. And that has nothing to do with who you work with. Mm-hmm. It has to do with your story and what you're putting out right. and your process. Right. And so that is a fact that, is. that people don't realize. Because then once you birth this project, now it's out into the universe, as you say, and it has a life of its own. Mm-hmm. You have an idea in your head what you might have wanted this book to be. Yep. And that might not always be what it is. And uh, I've learned the practice of surrender a, a great deal with these three books that have spanned that almost That have spanned a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. So we have your books in front of us. Tell us all the titles. Okay. The first one is Heaven Sent. I wrote that one in 2013. After 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 my father passed. passed. Mm -hmm. So the book came to me the month that my father passed. Mm -hmm. So that was 2003. And then I wrote the book. I finally had the guts to write it. So that was a a long process. And then the second book. So these are all like basically seasons of my life, if you will, because then the next book was my memoir, which was in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2021. Is that when we met? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2021. And so that was basically the story of how I healed my body and my mind because I was pretty, um, pretty down and out on myself and my the way my body was. So my self chatter was very negative, if you Mm. will. And that's how the book is how I got above that and how I learned how to step into my joy and live my life in my joy. So talk about a process writing a book and getting that into the world. Yeah. People didn't like what. Fun Jen had pain. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So that's not the Jen we knew. Right. So, but that's the story of who I was. And so, if I put on a good face, well, then you were lucky to have that good face. And then, my book that I just released on my father's birthday. So in honor of my father. So October nineteenth was my book. Um, so the uh, that one's all the parts of me. The all memoir. the parts of me. Yes. And then my cookbook is called It Just Happens to Be Gluten Free, mm-hmm. and that was um, like I said this year, twenty twenty three, October nineteenth. And this is the example of living in your joy. This mm-hmm. book is finally, this is the experience that I have on a daily basis. I yeah. live in my joy. And the more often I do that, my mindset is extremely positive. You know, I'm not saying that something doesn't piss me off now and again or whatever. That's not That's not what I'm no, saying. Well, my, that's what you yeah. call, and I love this word, our humanness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, right. You have a human, Your humanness gets in the way sometimes. But for the most part, I'm living in my joy, creating food, sharing it with others, whatever that looks like. And this book is an example of that, and I'm able to be present. I used to suffer from migraines, 17 migraines a month, sometimes 20. Mm-hmm. I'd have like, occipital nerves, uh, shocks in my head where I had to get big shots in the back of it. I don't experience that anymore because I actually focus more on the things I love to do, the positivity, right. the joy. I'm not saying I don't get a migraine. Mm-hmm. I don't get 17 a month, that's for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, no, I was, it was, when I say I was debilitated, I mean, fun gen that's was more like, than every other day. That's mm-hmm. more than one every yeah. other day. I, it got so bad that they finally started doing uh, Botox shots in my head. So I would go for those on a monthly basis and that's 50 shots was just all over my head. And I said, something has got, and I was already so well into my healing by that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, there's something else missing. I just, th- so I still, I continue to do the work. I just worked on my, my thinking and my mindset and my energy. Okay, but you worked on your thinking and your mindset and your energy. Mm-hmm. And I know that because mm-hmm. you're the person that I go to when I'm like, Jen, <laughs> please, I need somebody to like, you need to clear, clear my aura. You need to have a conversation with God for me because he's just not freaking listening today. Um, it's so funny. <laughs> But I, 
a lot of your health issues mm-hmm. started to disappear because you went gluten-free, right. which, uh, you know, I know, look, everybody's going to be like, oh, gluten-free. I know. But I... you know what? Growing up, I can think of a lot of people who who got sick. Well, you know, you for... knew a lot of Italians. I did. Well, there you well, go. that's where I grew up. But, right. you know, right in the so... heart of, of the second little Italy is what I used to call uh, Bensonhurst. Um, I can't remember what the percentages for Italians having celiac disease because it's changed so much. We got diagnosed in you know, 20 years ago, 2003. Yeah, when nobody even, yeah. even knew there was a word. So it was like one in a hundred at that time or something like that of Americans. Yeah. So, but the, yes, so you're right. Once I went gluten-free in 2003, hey, yeah. gluten-free, is, and that's my handle on Instagram. But anyway, <laughs> um, but once I went gluten-free, I'm going to say, poof. 60% of my stuff went away. Yeah. I mean, no more sinus problems, no more achy. But just because you're gluten-free doesn't mean you're eating healthy. Because uh, a sugar donut is still a sugar donut, whether it's gluten-free or not. Right, right. So You in- still have to watch what you eat. Right. You know, you still have to be mindful. Right. See, and that's where I come in. I'm like, oh, Jen is coming. We're going to be <laughs> eating gluten-free. I can eat whatever I want all day. And it's yeah. like, oh, no, Marie, no, no, you can't. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. It's not. It, it it's not calorie free. No, right. it's not gluten free. I wish. You know, oh my God, what I, a world. I yeah, I had to I had to learn a lot. But I can recall growing up a lot of adults being like, Oh my God, this this is so bad for me and it mm. wasn't because it was putting more pounds or more inches on your ass. It was because it was making them sick, sick. or yeah. overly um, tired, like tired. almost, yeah. you know, people say, like oh, the food coma, but some of those food comas are because you're eating things that, that don't agree with you. Like right. I can go into a food coma, but like, you know, I'm, I, I'm relaxing and I'm just like, okay, I'm rejuvenating. I'm not out cold snoring, you know, right. dropping the cigarette on the floor when, when I was a kid, everybody smoked. Um, <laughs> yes, everybody did, right? Yeah. But I can recall like people in my family, like, oh man. I'm I'm gonna eat this and I'm gonna regret it, but and and could see that they would be sick for days. Yeah. And now we know so much more about that. Yeah. Because when you're sick, there's no joy in your life. No. It, uh, okay. What you know what? Says. It it's really true. I mean, when you when you're sick, it steals a lot of your attention. And then when you're sick, your mind, your thoughts, how you interact with other people, mm-hmm. and then when you interact out in the world, is extremely negative based yeah. because you're always in pain. Yeah. So that was my experience. Don't and, listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. true. Like you, as much as you want to show up in the world to be this different person, if if you're sick all the time, that affects you. Yeah. So I, I yeah, <laughs> Stop with yeah, the yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I do that a lot. So, for me personally, I had by this point, by the time I went into my my shift, I was, I think I was at like eight operations by that point. I mean, mm-hmm. I had just my body was just falling apart, but I was undiagnosed celiac disease for. 35 years. So there's a lot of damage. I had a car accident. I can't go into all of it. We don't have right. enough hours. But anyway, so yes, I was gluten-free, but then I started to address inflammation in the body and all that kind of stuff. And then I realized one day as my epiphany, as I said in the memoir, was a big shift. This was the shift was, I am really negative on myself. Mm. That was that moment. And this is what you talk about. The original thing was talking about books and publishing. So this is this is the part that yeah. I did not put in my book. Mm-hmm. And the and the publisher I was working with said, Jen, you're missing something in this book. And I said, No, nah, I'm missing nothing. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about this. Mm. But my lowest moment was, and I I articulated on only two pages. Or I think it was powerful enough in two pages. But basically, I had a, a 
a day with a group of ladies that we called Circle Time, and we talk about you know energy and blah blah blah. We were having the time of our lives in this different thinking, and one of the exercises was look in the mirror and tell this person in the mirror you love you love this person. And this is a, a self love exercise, and so we tried it there, and I'm like cringing, like ain't no way I'm doing this. Mm. Go home and try it. Everybody go home. So we had our day, and I'm like okay, so I'm home, and nobody's everybody's at school. My husband's at work. The dogs are downstairs, and I go up to the mirror, and I couldn't do it. I was hysterical crying, and I, I mean, I never put words to it, but I hear people talk about nervous breakdowns. I hear have break a breakdown. I was on the floor, devastated, because I realized I couldn't do that. Yeah. I didn't like myself. My, my chatter was horribly degrading, and that I was even realized I had an eating disorder besides all that. So I, it was like, else. yeah, it was a real, real look in the mirror. And it was that moment where I said, I, something's got to change. Like, I have got to be in control of my life and my thoughts. And then I just started working on it. So, you know, 10 years or more, that was long, it feels like, you know, it's longer than that now, right? Yeah. Yes. It's much longer yes. than that. So, um, but it was a process. And so writing the book, as you think, oh, my story, I'll write it down, I'll publish it, people will love it, I'll help people, I'll heal. You're gonna, now your story is going to be out in the world. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. They're going to ask you questions about that. Yes. And now if you want the story to feel complete and not that missing part, that part has to be in it. Uh, nobody knew that part. So anyway, but it all of that helped me to understand like my journey more. So in, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about the the third book if it wasn't for the second book yes so it's just a process i love people's reaction when i tell them oh when i i didn't even put everything in the book yeah. and they'll just look at me yeah. and they'll go you mean there's more yeah i'm like yes i'm like that commercial but wait there's more, more. exactly you know and it's it, just too much to put you can't have a thousand page book no you can't have a, a thousand page <laughs> book and i know that i've said it before it took me five years to write my book it took me a long time to write my book because there were there were months when I would tell people I was actually feeling good mm. and I didn't want to have to tap into where I left off because where I left off was a painful place. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to have to tap into the pain. So I, I waited until I was on a downslide or I was things were not going well where I was already kind of hovering over um, you know, a low point. Mm-hmm. And I knew, oh, I could tap into that now right. because I'm kind of, you know, I'm on not on a good streak or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, I, I get I get it. And <clears throat> for me, and it's I think it's different for everybody, but for me personally, I, I, I like my projects, mm-hmm. especially since I wrote the memoir, especially, to be led by more than my thinking. Yeah. Like there's got to be – I'm, I'm here on this planet for a reason, and I experienced a lot of stuff, and I don't, like I said, not even half of that, and people are like, come on, and I said, it would be unbelievable, I, I can't put all of it, and you wouldn't believe me anymore, mm-hmm. but I had to go through those experiences, I think, for my higher good to, to become the person I am today, and for my children, and for my husband, and for all that, but for somebody else that I don't even know yet, right. where God is going to put into my life, or they're going to stumble upon my book, or whatever, it's, so it's bigger than just me, mm-hmm. and I can't. I've understood now it's a little bit different thinking, but 
I don't want to put a limit on it. I don't want to say, this is where I'm going to be, ping, and put a pin in it because God might say, oh, my goodness, that pin's so small. I want you here. Mm-hmm. I want you there. And so by saying this and focusing on this pin, right. there might have been somebody who needed to hear this or that. So I like my projects, anything I do, to kind of be led a little bit more than just the limited scope of what I'm thinking at that moment of one thing. Right. And that's a lot with publishing. A book is you have an idea I want this to be the thing. And you're focusing in. but, And maybe an angel or whatever is in your ear going, but look at this. And you're like, no, I want it this way. Yeah. But wait, did you want to write your book? Then? I said, no, I want to. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you could write the book this way or go with this person or read this editor or that artist to do your cover or whatever. But when you pigeonhole yourself so strictly, you might lose that big opportunity to do different things. So let me ask you a really honest question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How convinced were you that your book was going to be released and was going to Mm. be... I know what you're going to ask me. Like, the book everybody had to read in the moment. Okay, so... Because I know what my answer to it is. I, I... I don't want to come off being self-defeated when I say I never thought my book was going to be a number one bestseller. Hmm. I don't – what the hell? Why did she write a book if she didn't think it was going to be a number one bestseller? But I did think that talking about this heavier topic would be more widely accepted or right. more distributed easier, and it's not. Yeah. There's not a magic pill in that book. This is all self-work, and that's what I was expressing to people, and that's not always the thing that people want to read. It's not it's not easily marketed. Well, true, because my subject matter is not easily marketed either. No. Um, no. but I, you know, I kind of want to talk just for a moment to the people who are either in the process of writing a book Mm -hmm. or thinking about writing a book Mm -hmm. or think they know what it is to be an author and what it takes to get your book. Um, And I don't want to shatter their dreams. No. But I wish I had known a lot of this ahead of time because I could have been better prepared. I could have been better prepared. I could have done a little bit more research and a little bit more homework Mm -hmm. on how do I go about doing this. So... I know for me, I had my book. I wrote it five years. I literally wrote a book, which uh, literally like looked up formatting and all this yeah. other stuff, thinking this is how I was going to have to do it. I learned about query letters, and mm. I thought, well, I don't know if I want to go that way. And you know, then I found a publisher. I was fortunate enough that she she took it right off the bat, and. You know, there was excitement in releasing it, and there were, you know, I was dedicated to it. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get this book out into the world. And you do pre-sales, and people are are purchasing it, most of them people who know you. And then the first reality hits. A lot of people who know you don't buy that book. Right. That's a kicker. And – or – and I remember learning that for the first time, like almost a year after the book came out. Yeah. And I said something about the book. Like I just referenced it. Not I, I don't even remember why or if the person said she's an author. 
But it, the book came up, and the person was, you know, a, a long-time really good friend. Yeah. And turned around and looked at me and said, oh, my God, I know I'm terrible. I still haven't bought the book. And in my head, I was like, what? Yeah, I can't believe you, it. Right? You didn't buy my book? Like, yeah. why wouldn't you buy my book? Like, it's a really good book. <laughs> yeah. And um, you start to, you know, the reality is there are some people you know who just are not going to buy your book mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And... Um, I would hate to say I'd, I don't want anybody to get discouraged with that. Maybe this is the best podcast ever to ha- talk about this because don't ever let that steal the the energy behind writing the book, right. the dream that you had to get that into the written word because don't ever disvalue the one person that really needed that book. It might not be the 10 that you thought, but that one is extremely valuable. 100%. And then I saw that evident mm-hmm. over and over. So maybe half of my graduating class from college or high school did not buy my book. But I'm going to tell you the feedback from the people who did is yes. what was important. So yes. I guess the the thing is, yes, it is. it, it might not be, but it might be right. even bigger than you could imagine. So don't ever limit yourself. I wish... Um my, I guess my point in bringing that up is write a book because you need to write that book. Don't write that book because I want it to be on the New York Times bestseller. I want it to be on the lips of everybody. I want it to be on, you know, on, on Drew Barrymore's show. I want it to be part of Reese Witherspoon's book club. Don't use those huge dreams, which... Yes, by all means, keep striving for that. Right. But don't make that the only reason you write that book. You have to write that book loving it. You have to write that book because there is this need within you to say, I really want to do this. Or I really want to get that one in ten who needs my message. And um, I would have written my book no matter what. But I know I thought, oh, my God, this is a really good book. I really think that people are going to. You know, and and once I started posting about it, and you know, I thought, oh my God, this thing is going to take off. And you know, after the first month, it kind of slows down. Right. It kind of yeah, slows that's down. A, that's a that's a kicker too. Like you know, you you think, oh, I haven't talked about my book today, or I haven't posted about my book. That's just strange. It's only been out in a month, and yeah, it is. It is a little bit of a kick, but I I, I could encourage and say, don't let that stop you because your book is timeless. Yes. It, it just because you published it two years ago, right? You were COVID day one, so right, weren't you? <laughs> she was like ground zero book publishing. 101. I was the author who literally released her book on in the, the middle day, of a pandemic, the, thinking this the day was we a good down. idea. <laughs> the day the I was <laughs> I was three weeks away from the book launch, and it was like, yeah, Maureen, everything is shutting down. Oh, maybe it'll be done in two weeks. You know, two years later, oh I still couldn't get right. a book signing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, we did we did a lot of productivity during that COVID, didn't we? We did a lot of pro- we, we did, did a lot of things. I've never flown more during COVID. Oh my gosh, we did a lot of things. But um, don't let it stop you because that book, just because you have published it on that time, COVID, mm-hmm. it, it still has a life. No, because I still, I always mm-hmm. tell people, I love my book. Yeah. I, three years later, I can't even believe it's three years later. I love my book. I, I feel like the message is timeless. Yes. It's evergreen. But um, I keep saying but. I, you know, I hate the word but because it always it sounds like, oh, but well, I'm going to drop a bomb. Perhaps. But I'm not. Well, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> you see, there you go. Nice little southern. Bless my soul. Bless your heart. Bless her heart. 
um, the, the, the hardest thing to do is to market your book. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I do really, really think it's important for people to, to understand that even if you go with a publisher, mm-hmm. even the biggest publishers, yeah. you know, and, and we know who they are, they're not marketing that book for you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to market that, market no, that book baby. for you. They may be able to set up a couple of book signings for you, which is such a wonderful experience, yeah. you know, to sit in a Barnes & Noble, walk in and see a table with your books on it, and, you know, if, if you have... Uh, one of the what are they called again? <laughs> oh step, step and repeat thing. Thank you. The step and repeat. You know, you have you have your rolled Big, out yes. banner behind you or on your table. It 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 really is a wonderful wonderful experience. And most like a Barnes and Noble, it's very hard to get that done if you don't have a publisher. Right. So in that sense, um, aside from for other reasons, you know, it 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 is you know helpful right it will give you a little bit of a leg up when you have a publisher but your publisher will not market your book for you no your no they they and and i know for me i thought that that was part of the deal right i thought it was we're in this together and what you have to realize quickly is your book is the publisher's book at that moment right and then when that moment is over there's someone else behind you that's waiting for their moment yeah. And your publisher has to say, hey, you know, I, I, I got you to this point, mm-hmm. and now it's time for you to fly. And there's plenty of people out there who can do the promoting for you and be your partner after you get that book into the world. And then you can talk to that promoter, yes. or PR person, and say, this is how I'd like to see it go. Yeah. So you have, you know, once your book is out there and you, you were structured with your publisher, now it's now it's your game. But there are, there are also a lot of people out there, Jen, who will tell you that they can, they, they make promises that they can't keep. Yeah. And they'll tell you, well, it's not that I didn't keep my promise, but it really is still up to you to do all that work. So here you are paying maybe $5,000 to somebody because they're going to help you, you know, I'm going to get the PR out there for you. I'm going to make connections for you. I'm going to do And then when that's not happening, yeah. am I making you uncomfortable cuz you're just looking at me like, well, I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. <laughs> make me un- do because, I ever get uncomfortable? No, I just oh like, you just never. gave me a look that I've never seen you give me before. No. I'm like, is she trying to wink at me? Like, don't talk about this. No, because like I said, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm I, no, I, I want I you to keep just, going because I was going to say something. I about want it. people to just understand that this is not discouraging them, but you have to be a little That's, wary of what, what of say. what people are looking to promise you. There are people who will say, you know, there's there's social media platforms there are so many things that are like you know join my chat join my workshop do i'm I'm, this is a free workshop and you're like okay i'm gonna do the free workshop and and then you realize oh wait a minute they're all saying the same thing in all these workshops and it's like and if you want to know the next step that'll cost you five thousand dollars and you get to a point where you're like wait a minute this is like groundhog day right I, i i remember like feeling like I was lost a lot in mm-hmm. the beginning in the marketing, get it out there kind of world. I, I really was. I did nothing for my first book because that was like a like a homegrown kind of 
I saw I did it with a small publishing company, and then I, I took it back, and it was all reliant on me. I'm like, you know what? The people who need that book are gonna find me, and I did nothing with that one. Right. And it was a second one. And what I was gonna say, what you were saying is, I would advise, no matter what you do, be extremely detailed, explicit. Yeah. Oh, wait, you said you're gonna get how many are you gonna get? Right. Or you said what's the time frame? Because no matter what in this world, I don't want to perceive what you're saying mm-hmm. my, it's going to be different than maybe what you say. and so it's got to be in black and white it has to be in black and white and if you're going to tell me that you're going to be able to to get my book to a certain point I want to know how you're going to do that before I pay you and I don't want to be told I got to pay you five thousand dollars before you reveal the big secret which maybe I could have done on Canva right. like I, and I I don't no, I don't I mean to mean. break it down like to be so like smarmy about it but a lot of people understand that <clears throat> they figured it out before we did. Right. That saying that they are a marketer will pull a lot of people in, depending on whatever it is that they're trying to do, but really particularly authors, because right. we do. Right. At, at some point, we do want to, you know, uh, look, I would love for Reese Witherspoon <laughs> to read my book. Yeah. And say this is a book that you, you guys. Have. I would love, uh, I would love somebody to find that book and give it to someone else who then is like, I want to make a yeah. movie out of this book. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say it, and I know a lot of authors feel that way, but there are a lot of people out there who know that. Yeah, and they're not, and they're not maybe intentionally preying on you. But they know exactly what to say so that you can you'll pay them because they need to grow their business too. I had someone approach me a month ago about it. Mm. I have a community, twenty thousand people, gluten free community. Mm -hmm. I'd love to do your book. I'd love to market it. I said, Hey, you know what? I'm never gonna say no. You give me a proposal. What are you talking about? What Mm -hmm. is it like to be on your now, by, by the way, I did my research, and I didn't see no 20,000 followers. It's okay. Maybe she's got a secret, and she's not showing right. it all. That's fine. But this is my responsibility now. Right. I'm a big girl now. i got to figure this out. So send me what you got. Right. Takes her a couple of days. She's, i got to look through your stuff. Ah. You know, in Italian. I was, I, was, I was just about to say a curse in Italian, but let's just but say I was like, it was, you know, go mm-hmm. ahead. Show me what you got. So she came back with a quote. Asinine. I think it was like $2,000 for two posts on her platform. That's when I said, Bafungu. Mm-hmm. I, you know, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Are you serious? Right. So what are you I don't doing? need you. Where God has placed me is where I need to be. I'm doing enough for the marketing. I, when the right person is going to come to market this correctly, yes. I will I will know what to do. That that was ridiculous. But maybe, just maybe, when I did these first books, if someone approached me, oh, she's going to put me on a platform? Oh, goodness. Yes. And I might not have asked, can you give me how many? What are you going to do for me? Right. Whatever. But now this is why you're having this conversation, because this is your due diligence. Just like you got to pay taxes. Do you, really you do, really. Do you really should. I'm just saying. But do you have to? You don't have to, but you really should. Could you try to run them? Okay, you that's could, another conversation. But, that's another, but <laughs> so now this is your due diligence for doing the for doing a book. Research it. Find out the person who's giving you the quote. Find out what the details of this marketing quote. I cannot tell you how many people have tried to market what program. Listen, right? Good. For $97, be part of this. But if you really want the top secret, that's $1,900. Oh, 
Forget it. Your or secret, $9,900. Yeah, your secret is not that valuable now. I don't want it Right, no your more. secret is not, you are, there is no golden ticket that's going to put no. me through the doors of the chocolate factory. No. I know, and in my heart, I still feel like, like you said, my that book, the, the my memoir. Absolutely, I, I I call it like what? Eat, love, pray for the housewife. Mm-hmm. Like I do think that's a book that would be fabulous. The right person's going to come, and I can't listen to all the other people charlatans that are trying to tell me. Oh, I had someone, I had someone six months ago. Your book is going to be a movie. We read it, mm-hmm. and we love it. Oh, really? What book? Mm-hmm. Which book? Heaven sent. Okay, wait a second. So Heaven Sent is going to be a movie. Now, guys, Heaven Sent is a children's book. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. It is so – it is a children's book, but I have to say probably 75% of people buy it um, as a condolence for someone who's passed. Yeah. So it's mostly adults who buy the book. But it's not a movie. I love the book. Is it a gift? Is it heartwarming? Is it building a bridge for people during grieving? 100%. Stand by it 1,000%. It is not a movie. So I talked to this person, and I just milked it for all, for all it was. Do you know the producer, XYZ, he's uh, just published, he, res, he read your book. I said, did he now? Okay. Give him my number. So it happens. And, okay, so now we're, we're going to go, we're going to leap into something else. Leap it. So here's the other thing. When somebody tells you um, your book could be a movie mm. or. You could be a movie star. Jen, oh. do we also know the work and the time and the infinite uh, amount of sweat, you, blood, and tears? Oh. No, crickets. Actually, <laughs> oh, crickets. Okay. That you will hear mm-hmm. after you have done a sizzle wheel, oh, after God. you have sat down, after you have spent money, yeah. after. And again. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from doing any of this. You know what? If you really want your dreams to come true, you have to work try. for yeah, it. Try. Yeah. But, you know, people talk a lot about manifesting, mm-hmm. and they don't talk about the work that you also have to put into with the manifesting. Right. Manifesting only, to me, personally, puts your mind and your spirit in alignment with where you want to go. Mm-hmm. It keeps your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are people out there who think, if I say that I want this to happen, all right, it's going to happen. I'm manifesting it. No, that's not manifesting. You've got it wrong. Manifesting is this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And I want it bad enough that I'm going to follow the road that gets me to what I want. And I'm going to tell you right now that the road to getting your book out, to potentially making it a, um, a series or a movie or a Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. It, it takes years. Yeah, it takes years. The very few, I'm not saying that there aren't people who suddenly, oh my gosh, the right mm. person found your book. But even when the right person finds your story, it is still going to take years. Yeah, it could. And you have to, you have to wade through that. You just believe in your project above all else. Right, but you better have a good side hustle. Yeah, you better, absolutely. <laughs> you better be painting angels. <laughs> Oh my God! You better have a good th- yeah. yeah. And and if if you are an artist who paints angels like Jen, <laughs> good then, my side hustle. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Um, but while you're doing it, talk about manifest. Yeah. So, yes, I was told many many things in my my short lifetime here, 
But once I realized that those things were not coming to fruition by whatever promises I, I heard or what direction people were encouraging me, I decided, well, Jen, you got this far mm-hmm. in your health and your mindset. Yes. What are you going to do if these things don't pan out? Right. And I said, then I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be happy. I'm still going to be I'm happy. I'm still going to do the things I want to do. And so I stand behind all three of my books. I'm just going to, right now, my jam is cooking and sharing. And I have more of a heart to share yes. than anything else. I really just have a passion about, I love food. Yeah. And I want you to love it or at least get comfortable in the kitchen. And I want to be part of that if you, I'm the person you want to help you. And here you are. Because you interrupted my manifesting, by the way. Oh, go. Man- so here you are. I'm jumping on your manifest. Jump on my manifest back. Um, <laughs> I'm manifesting a ride with Maureen. There you go. I'm jumping on her back because she's the big one of the group. Um, she's the tallest one. There you go, three tallest. Musketeers. Um, she is, actually, guys. I really am. I'm the sturdiest. I'm, I'm, I'm the Wait, best built for that. Wait, taller than you. No? Yeah, but she's not built like me. Just stop yeah. it. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm fat or heavy or anything like that, but I'm five foot eight and I'm sturdy. No, one I'm not saying it. you don't have muscles, well, but, one. You, but I can't jump on your back. Okay, okay. All no, right? she you can jump on my back. <laughs> um, in terms of mat, the the direction I was going yeah. with the manifesting was um, it takes hard work. There's setbacks. Mm-hmm. There's okay, this is not what I thought it would be. Now what I do? Now what do I do? You have to dig deep. You have to become creative. Mm-hmm. And then, like you, me, you may find your way to a news show and become a weekly contributor. And I am, right. And Yeah, you're right. You know, that may not be the direction that you saw it going when right. you first, but it, it can take you in directions right. that um, you never saw coming, that can be successful, right. that can put you in the public eye. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't make you a millionaire right away. No. But it certainly <laughs> gives you the opportunity and the possibilities to grow a bigger audience. Yeah, it does. It, it, right. And it, and it did for me personally. Yes. And what was the underlying thing underneath it all was I was doing something I enjoyed and believed in. Yes. And no matter what, I was dedicated to the effort. Because it's not just like I go on TV and I do a five-minute spot every Tuesday. What's for dinner with Jen, right? Like, hey, And what show is that? It's on um it's a mix of three and it's in Georgia because I live in Georgia. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even do it from my home. So what's like the... up here you would be like the produce peat of gluten free. Oh my god, produce peat is a thing? Produce peat is oh my god, you don't know who produce peat is? Well, I don't know produce peat. Produce Pete is he a shop right or something? I guess because I'm I'm from uh, New York. Produce Pete was a thing in New York. He still is a well, thing I'm in New I'm York. I'm from New York, but what what are oh, we talking Channel about? Channel Four, Channel Four. I'm pretty sure it's Channel Four. Produce Pete once a week. He comes on in the seasons and he talks about the different awesome. fruits that are and he you know I mean and he has his five minute spot. Yeah, that's it. And everybody listens to Produce Pete. Well, I would, now, I would you're say. Not, now, you're the gluten-free produce Pete, which if anybody's listening, like I have some listeners in Ireland and I think, oh my goodness. I think like in Afghanistan and stuff, they're not going to understand this in any way, no. but I'm sure they have people that are very popular where they live that people, mm-hmm. you know, who talk about food and things like that. You're going to be that person in well, Georgia. I would, love it. I would love it because the, the this is really cute. The, um, the fabulous people that I work with on this particular channel, I, I go to Savannah sometimes and do a TV, uh, you know, mm-hmm. cook on their channel too. But the, these people, they go, Jen, and this dish just happens to be 
gluten-free. I'm like, oh, that's the name of my book. And, you know, so they're cute. They, like, line that's it up for me. That's going to be a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes a while, but I, I can feel I, – I could I could imagine, I can imagine me sitting in my kitchen and hearing that and hearing somebody go, Jen, and it just happens to me be and me going gluten-free. Like, yeah, you have to have a hook. You have yeah. a hook. I have a hook. And I tell them, like, seriously, when I bring them the food, I'm like, no, just stop. Stop. Just taste it. Yes. Just taste it. So what I did one time a couple of – this is totally off – Totally. We're so, but see, this, this is why is, I love like, having conversations because they go me. everywhere. Follow me on this train. Yes. Well, I took, I did. I'm I, holding on. I can't jump on your back, but I'll, <laughs> I'll grab onto your sleeve. <laughs> well, since it was dinner, and like, I'm, all, I'm hel- like, you know, listen, I'm not going to say I don't need a cookie. That would be a lie. Of course I do. But when I'm making dinners, and I don't, I don't always like, there's no deep fried things. Like, I try to right. stick in a, a healthier lane at dinner. So I'll do something that might be you know, breaded or whatever. And I, you know, I have to do something, come up with something every week. So a couple of weeks ago, I did a, um, a, a wrapped Swiss chard. I know you're like right now glazing over with, the, I say Swiss chard. No, a wrapped Swiss well, chard. yeah, I don't know. Oh, Swiss chard, <laughs> my God. But what I said, and I knew I was going to get that face with the co-host. And I said, don't, don't even say, I said, just don't say a word. But I know what Fasili is. <laughs> Fasili pasta. Fasili pasta. Jesus Christ. It's totally not the same thing. It's Notice a, stuff to this, our is a this is a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> it is a vegetable. So anyway, I just said to held my hand. It just happens to be gluten free, but it's also a vegetable. So slow your roll because I, I called it a veggie wrap. And when he looked at it, I go, Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It's really a Swiss chard wrap. But if I if I told you it was a Swiss chard wrap, you wouldn't even tasted it. And he was laughing. He goes, Jen, this is really good. So what did you expect? I was going to give you something bad just because. You know what? Really I don't funny. know if I, I don't know if I've ever even tasted Swiss chard. <gasps> if I have, then, then oh, wait. somebody didn't tell me it was there. It's a little arrhythmia in my heart. A little, a little bit. arrhythmia. Yeah, it's like Swiss chard sounds it's, like cheese. Or because it has or Swiss in it. <laughs> it's a provolone chard. <laughs> yeah. If somebody said to me I had a Swiss chard, I'd be like, "So you had cheese and what? Which chard?" Oh my God, you're Seriously. so funny. Uh, Listen, it's if, good. if I don't know it, I'm the first one to say yeah. I have no I'll idea. I'll make you some Swiss chard. Okay. You make me some Swiss chard. I'll put it over your fusilli. You put it over my fusilli. Well, I was trying to say, like, there, there probably aren't too many Italian foods that I don't know. Like, if you <laughs> if you quiz me on my Italian foods, but, like, Swiss chard, I'm like, yeah, I, that's cheese, I don't know, right? but it's, a, it's kind of funny, you know, being raised in Italian, people always think, what, my, my father did not make a cannoli every night. Like, it wasn't like that. You know, he might have had an Oreo every night, but but we had vegetables and we had It's just that's what I grew up, right. like, in my whole neighborhood. It was, yeah. all, it was it was Italian food and Chinese food. That's it? That was it. It was like, okay, was, this our, is what I know. In our neighborhood, it was Italian food and Italian food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, for every five pizzerias, there was one Chinese restaurant. <laughs> you know it's bad when your father comes home from work with a big, huge thing of provolone and slumming. Look what Frank gave me Look today! <laughs> And I would, uh, you know, I know we're laughing, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have grown up any other way, yeah. honestly. I mean, Amen. I just, uh, I, I loved where I grew up. And we, we love food, and so it's obvious yes. in, the, in the what we talk it about. It gave me quite an appreciation for food. Yeah, quite those an appreciation. Italians. Those Italians, you just got to love those Italians. So the bottom line is, yes, ma'am. Manifesting your dream comes out. Just write your book, and but but become knowledgeable when you're doing it like just not yeah like get learn a little bit about who you work and is that what, what we you were work. talking about right i think we it was books about i'm not books, quite sure I was like, and by the way i'm sitting here like what kind of food do i like now i like in honor of ethan i i do like portuguese food now but oh. i had to move out to new jersey to even 
know what Portuguese food was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, there's Portuguese food? Like, is it geese? Maureen, what the <laughs> so hell? Said, like, what is, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not very well versed in different nah. foods. I don't like Indian food. I'm sorry. I've tried Ooh. it. It's too spicy yeah, for me. Yeah, a little spicy, Everything yeah. that I've ever eaten that was Indian, too, 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 too spicy. And um, I don't like you when you have a stomach ache. It's not nice. <laughs> It's not what nice. She that, gets, gets really ornery. What does that mean? <laughs> I was like, do I fart a lot? I don't think I do. I she to gets do that grumpy when she gets a stomachache. Or as know? my husband used to say, women don't fart. I'm mm. like, yeah, no. One day we just hit a certain age and we implode inside and have a heart attack from <laughs> all the gas think? we couldn't let out. I went to college. He would, a, he'd be like, women don't fart. Okay, yeah. I've been holding it in for how many years have we been married? There was one woman, my college roommate. She never farted. Oh, she farted. She and just I said, didn't let anybody And I know. said to her, I cannot no, even believe you're, not leaving, you're not leaving this room until you fart. You're not human until you do that. She goes, and by the end of the, she was burping and farting. I will do it privately. I will not, you know, I try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try. How did we, how did we get here? This, can we, can we cut this? Because we're, no, we're definitely not cutting this hey. because that's the whole idea about the podcast. Like we will literally talk about anything. And I think we, we try to do this to entertain Ethan too, because the poor thing just has to listen to but everything. Ethan, I want to say, I think I, I have to say, we, we went right into talking. By the way, I'm Jen Fury. <laughs> <laughs> nice to, to meet you all. Oh I'm originally God. from New York and I live in Georgia now. I'm the friend. Okay. <laughs> I didn't what? even say your name. Don't make me start laughing. I was going to say something. I said, surely she'll cut in. Surely she'll cut in. Okay. We're just going right in, aren't we? I'll say it at the end. I'll say it at the end. Hi. I was on Maureen's podcast, and I'm Jen. Jen Fiore. <laughs> else so no people gonna oh i have to i can't go into the ridiculous oh. laugh because you know <laughs> it'll be oh, nobody will ever listen to me again it could be 10 minutes that we i'll be like a freaking donkey yeah seriously <laughs> you on, might never get out of it it's on the book title <laughs> oh it's on the book title it is it is everywhere but my host now i went right into it thank She's you for saving host. me ethan ethan he tries to save me oh thank you that's why i say he's my son in a different life i know it it's I part of my job it's part of his job. No, don't say that. Say that because you just because you are because exactly. you love and adore me. It's, it's required. Oh I love my it. god! So do we? Do we? Do we cover the topic? You know what? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> what was the topic? I know we were like I had Swiss this tracks. whole plan about talking about writing a book and the reality of it, and we literally went from that to Swiss charts to gas. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then if anybody in. And the other countries even know what we're talking about. They're gonna be like, "Is this, this what really women talk, talk about? about in the United States, How in New are they Jersey?" About that and still walk out in public. Oh my gosh! Listen, just I want to preface something with that. Yes, I don't fart in front of people. Like, oh so my honestly. gosh, she's still on the farts. <laughs> Listen, if this episode alone, just because of the farts, doesn't blow up in like with men, then I oh then God. I'm never gonna pull them in. <laughs> Then, then that's oh, it. I'm Jesus. gonna lose every listener. She does. She has a, a sunny disposition. So I do have a sunny disposition, you know. And 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 I I will just say for the record, without going oh, into detail, God. you and I, you 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 and Lucy have gone out for Asian food in Red Bank. 
and lived to tell the tale. That's where the story, that's where my memory went to. A story which will not be in my memoir, but might be in her it second memoir. It will never be in my memoir. It, it will never. I will just say that I will never be able to look at a baby's onesie again. <laughs> Those poor clothes were supposed to go to someone who needed them. Let's just oh say they God. did not. <laughs> I can't believe she's saying this. Oh, Lord. But the three of us definitely had that one bad meal. and It was food poisoning. Then we had for to sure. <laughs> Oh, my God. We have just completely digressed. And, so I, and I do have this rule where I don't edit anything. Oh, God. So here you we go. You can't edit any of that, huh? I don't. I try really hard to keep well, the conversation going. Well, what is it? Are going. we we're unsilenced, unashamed, unashamed <laughs> and, unstoppable. and unstoppable? Well, we are certainly unsilenced and unashamed in, in this one. But you know what? That's also the fun of having really, really good friends. I know. We you know, say especially in this, at this age. Well, yeah. you're younger than me. I you am. So you I want that noted. Lucy. Can someone put that down in the... Not only am I the tallest and the one with this broadest back, I'm also the oldest. Oh, my God. You're only, like, a couple of years. Yeah. How old are you, Jen? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, probably, I'm very young. I think I'm eight years older than you. No, you're not. I think I am, yeah. 55. No, I'm not. She's <laughs> <laughs> not that much older than me. I'm Although, not. But we all agree that the important thing is what you are on the inside, and yeah. I am still a solid 35 on the inside. Absolutely. I feel better now than I ever have. Honestly. I, I feel better too. at 55. Okay, so I can't move like I used to. I just definitely can't, like, do the jig as, as I used to. Oh, I can't. But nobody wants to see all that. I can't I breathe just... after I do the jig, exactly. but I can still do the jig. <laughs> exactly. Well, I can I don't still know get on can... a dance floor and dance all night, and then you have to get a wheelchair and take me to my uh, yeah, car. Yeah, you'd have to literally give me another set of clothes. Yeah, and I, I need do, an yeah. oxygen tank. An but oxygen while I'm on the dance, while I'm on the dance floor, I will cover it up really good. I'll have like a little like little. I don't even break. So the sweat. I if anybody's listening, they're like, so why does she feel better if she can't do the jig? But I actually do feel like I do more things now. I go for walks. Go for I, the other day. We walked on my property, and my husband goes, "You walked that four times." I said. Yeah, he goes, do you know that you walked over two and a half miles? And I go, well, I felt like it. I yeah. was drenched when I came back. He goes, I'm really proud of you. That's uphill. I'm like, see, I can move. You can. When I do that, I, I, I'm, I go home and I'm like, wow, I can't believe how much I did today. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. I wonder how many calories. And then I have to sit on the couch for two days. <laughs> and then make I'm yourself like, feel better. You have legs. a sleeve of Oreos. I used to be a runner. I ran oh, in school. No. I I'm only running run, when someone's chasing me. I, m- listen, one of my proudest accomplishments is growing up in Brooklyn. Every time we had to, like, do something with teams, the boys always picked me first before the other boys because I could run faster. Uh-huh. And if you tried to stop me, I had no problem just pushing you aside. <laughs> like a linebacker? Because I knew I was going so fast. Even if you planted your feet, it's like, oh, son, you're going to learn a lesson. <laughs> Boom, gone. And I, I was just tall. I, I was very athletically days. built. I miss those days. But now, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, did I actually used to do that? Yeah, because these legs are noodles. They're, noodles. They're freaking noodles. Yeah, you do lose a little muscle tone as you get older if you don't work I it out. I swear I lost bone. <laughs> you do too, apparently. <laughs> That's what the books say. But whenever, it's so funny. It's so funny this season. If any of your listeners are, are our age, 
um, the season of seasons of life that we go through yeah. are wild when you're actually in the new one. Mm-hmm. Like I remember a few years back, and I'm, my kids are a little bit younger than yours, and it was my oldest daughter, and I, and she's a bodybuilder, and she got her certificate for sure. That's not what she does for a living, the training people, but she just wanted to get that certificate. And she was helping me, like, you know, Mom, you know, you really got to keep up your bone structure. I'm like, honey, this hurts over here. My neck, I can't do this. I can only do my hand like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know it's hard to believe that your mother once was a bodybuilder. Mm. And she looked at me like. I've seen your pictures. She looked at me. Mm. Are you really, Mom? I said, yeah, when I was 20-something years old, I was. Right, we didn't I, look like this I didn't in always our look 20s. like that. I, I didn't Wait, just frankly, pop into in a mom 20s, bod. We were freaking hot. I know, but it's kind of funny. So in the seasons of your life, you're like, okay, so I'm not that, I'm not 20-something years old anymore. I am not a shot put in Jessica's thrower any longer from high school. Like, I'm this woman now. Look and at you. It's all right. You were a shot put I made it to the thrower? States in New York. Are you kidding discus. me? Why do I not know this? Discus, yeah. I was spinning around like. Whoosh, 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 Makes a lot of sense now. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. But I didn't win states. I just made it to the states. You know, when but we it was leave here and we walk to the car, I'm going to try throw to jump you. on your back now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work out with the football that. team. I used I'm to always squat. like, you know, there you go. You could carry me. If my legs give out, I'm jumping on oh your back. Oh, my God, honey. My bones would be like, crack, crack, crack. Oh. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. As I slid uh, down. 911, <laughs> what's your emergency? <laughs> I broke my friend in the parking lot. Oh yeah, so I'm not 20 anymore. I could not I could not bench press you or squat you. And not many people could. Mm. <laughs> but not I might have at 20 something. You might have at 20 and at, at 20 something I was definitely smaller. <laughs> so you I was still tall, but I was definitely But is but I think yeah. uh, so have we segued into this part, but like I don't know how we I don't, I don't know. even know how but this whole accept conversation yourself where you happened. Are. <laughs> I, I did have a, a little bit of a plan, and we've just we, completely, like, I don't know. Maybe we, we should even just take out the park about, part about being a writer and start that another time and just talk about all the other stuff. Let's just, talk about menopause. No, let's <laughs> flap this sucker right down the middle. And right break down it the it middle. Into, we'll be like, Ethan, it. you just figure out Ethan, where Ethan, menopause. It has the word men in it. <laughs> all right, talk. <laughs> <laughs> Why Ethan. is it called menopause? He's 20 years old because going, what we, am I doing in here with these crazy women? Because we pause. Because with we the men. We pause. It's a pause now. Is it, Jen? No, it's really not. <laughs> Sometimes it's an unwanted pause. That's all I'm going to say. No, it's... Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another conversation. Sorry. <laughs> Fred's like, do not speak on that topic. Then Fred would be my husband. Because most of them, uh, you know, like with the cookbook, I always joke Oh, we're going around. back to the cookbook. No, no, no. Okay. I'm going to tell you because I mentioned my husband, Fred. Now everybody, uh, like when I'm on TV, they're like, does the husband like this? <laughs> yes, because he's a meat eater and he is not. He is. He is not someone who has to eat gluten No, he's not. So I always say it's Fred approved. I think I have it in, in the cookbook. He's gluten friendly, Fred. Yes. he. My husband's a bread distributor. Yes. So my mm-hmm. three children and myself cannot ingest Gluten and my husband makes his living off of gluten. You own a deli kind of too. You have to make these delicious sandwiches yeah. Yeah, every day. Watch that go right out the door. Yeah. How do you enjoy that sandwich? I can't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tasted it, so just tell me if it's okay. No, but I started making them gluten free because I couldn't stand it. And I mm-hmm. had three kids who were like, Mom, that sandwich looks so good. So then I started having at the at the restaurant. I started uh, catering to gluten free community and then taking precautions. I'll have lettuce, someone... tomato, ham, and Swiss chard. <laughs> and Swiss chard. <laughs> Hold the chart. Just give me the Swiss. That would have been me. What? Are you waving a vegetable over that? Hold the vegetables. Wait a minute. It's a veggie sandwich. 
Okay, I just want bread and cheese then. <laughs> I'm my favorite. Uh, Can I tell you this? What did Ethan say before? Ethan, what did you say? I would be the best roaster at my own roast. Yes. <laughs> Listen, what I don't know, I don't know. That's it. If I can, uh, look, at 59 Listen, years old, I just learned you know what Swiss what, chard was. You know what escarole is. Escarole. Yes, I do. I actually make very good escarole. Mm-hmm. Broccoli Rob. Ronnie's favorite. Broccoli. Yeah. Um, I bet you're Ronnie like Broccoli Rob, too, then if she's like escarole. Yeah, a little yes. bit, the bitter, the bitter ones. Yeah, she, I, I personally do not like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been told by Ronnie and Kathy and a few people who have eaten it that I cook it really, really well. And I'm like, you know what? Google's a beautiful thing because I grew up in a house. I grew up, grew up with the Irish side of my mm-hmm. family. And now I can publicly state that there were not many, many things that Ronnie could cook very well. Stop it. But I didn't know that growing up. I just thought that's what all food tasted like, bland, <laughs> with no with no salt and no pepper. No. And then, like, and really? then, I, yes, I did not have a chicken cutlet, okay, until I was, like, 17. I didn't even know what a chicken cutlet was. Oh, and I grew, up, and I grew and... up in Brooklyn in Bensonhurst. Bread a breaded chicken like a chicken cutlet parmesan, parmesan sandwich. Okay. Didn't know what it was until like I was like 16, 17 and started dating. Really? I'm serious. The Irish don't do chicken. Well, my Irish mother didn't. Because, and oh, and she'll she? always say, well, it was because we were poor. Right. But you could open my mother's cabinets and it Maybe. looked like... It looked like the end of the world was coming any day because there were so many canned foods. It was like, what do you need over here, Mom? Oh, oh my God. Oh, see, we are so way off base. I have to tell you this. Nobody will believe this. Oh, Mom, please. Mom. I know. She makes I have it. to laugh. Have no, please. I, I have I to smile. With it. This, is, this is Ronnie in a nutshell. My brother goes into her closet because we start to, we're starting to clean some things out. Yeah. And he goes into her food pantry. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh I'm dying to know I'm what was like, in there I'm now. I'm either gonna laugh or I'm gonna cry or I'm gonna do both. And he comes. He takes out a, a container of salt. Oh jeez, Louise. Diamond salt. And he. He walks over to me and I'm like knee deep. I'm looking for papers. I'm looking for a will. Like, you yeah. know, there's so many things that I have to do. And he goes, <laughs> so I just found this in, in mom's Consult- pantry. And I went, oh, <laughs> okay. He goes, yeah, I was looking at the, on the back of it. He goes, there's a contest on the back of this. And I'm like, what? what? Like, I was just crying. I'm like knee deep in papers. He goes, yeah. And he reads it all and everything. He goes, uh, he turns around. He goes, look at the car they're giving away. And I'm like. I know what you're going to say. I just give, know it. They're giving, away, they're giving away a gremlin? <laughs> he goes. Yeah, he goes, and we, he goes, and we better enter it soon because because the cop, 1976, 1983, oh god, how we literally went from crying, from sadness to like literally, she couldn't use that salt in some of those dishes. I couldn't catch my. I, I go in there it. and I find mayonnaise oh, from no. like 2003. I'm like, God bless 
Fukushima. <sighs> she just packed everything in. He's like, that was behind layers. Do you though. know that wasn't the front layers? That was you had to go behind. Oh no no no! No, it was the... this was toward the front. He's like, so oh she would God, move this it. aside for forty years, <laughs> <laughs> and it traveled from one house to the next. Like she traveled with this. She packed this up and brought it with well, her. Do you know everybody? We told the story to what their first question was. So did you taste it? <laughs> Why would you taste it? She had that to put the ice the, the, on the icy stoops. She wasn't gonna eat that. Uh, it wasn't open. I know. It wasn't open. I she was had like, it in case of a of a oh ice God. storm. See, That's how did hilarious. we get over here? See, this is why it's a good conversation. Can That's you just hilarious. Start to talk about everything. Can I just tell you about the one when I met my husband? Vegetables and that different cooking, like you yeah, know. Yeah, I'm sorry, veg- but I really do want to talk about your cookbook, but we just <laughs> like, can't off track. But when I tell you, this is really funny. So my husband didn't know a lot of foods when mm-hmm. I met him, and he, oh my god, forget about escrow on you know Swiss chard, forget it. Um, you know. Calamari. Never you never know what a calamari far. is. No, you never know what I know I'm not. But he said, when I cooked him broccoli, he's like, wow, your broccoli looks different. And I go, and what does broccoli look like in New Jersey? Yeah. He goes, well, my mom cooks it. It loses all of its green. <laughs> <laughs> what did she, she do? She cooked like, it so it, much. Boil it to death. Boiled it to death. It was soft and lost some of its color. It was yellow? It was like whitish, light green. Are you she sure never, it yeah. wasn't cauliflower? And, and I asked just him didn't that. know. Was it? No, I mean, I'm just I've trying to throw my him mother under the bus. God, so ble- God rest her soul. Charred. God yeah. rest her soul. Yes. But I did eat her food. <clears throat> and yes, it was originally broccoli. <laughs> yeah. What nationality is Fred? Polish. See, Polish but Irish. Know, but it's I, the Polish Irish thing. Like, her, if you don't grow up within your community, you don't know how to cook. Yeah, but her mother would not. No, no, no. Here's the thing. And I love my Irish side. And I can, you know. I make the best freaking mashed potatoes this side of any any county anywhere in the entire world <laughs> except Ireland. But yeah, we're you know, we were definitely meat and potatoes and yeah. nothing was seasoned. I think the reason my father in law is Polish, my mother in law was actually you know, her her side was Italian. I mean her her grandparents came from and Italy. She didn't know how to cook broccoli? She didn't. Wow. And she cooked Mainly for his, because he's oh. he was Polish, the the husband. So he liked the meat and potatoes. There you go. He That's what happened. Her husband, big meats. Her husband yep. killed the cook in her. He <clears throat> stifled that broccoli right out. Said, "Let's make it as bland as possible." And by the way, use a stick of butter with it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god. All right, we have to stop. Mm-hmm. I hate we that we have to out. stop. We could talk forever. Oh my god. I pro- oh God, I'm so happy that I really needed this conversation. Thank you. I really so did glad. need the world to know about the 40-year-old salt my mother kept in her closet. <laughs> and I want to know, can I, was it a hard like a rock? I didn't touch it. I literally, I was sitting like, you know, cross-legged on the floor and okay. he showed it to me and I fell over okay. with my legs still crossed because uh-huh. I was in, from one second I went from ter- like terribly sad because I was finding all my mother's things to I felt like my mother was like, all like, right, no, we need right. to stop this, yeah. and she sent my brother in to do that. One hundred percent. The gremlin, and by the way, is the gremlin. The funny. It was a gremlin, and I, you I should have seen my face. I was like, is is that Did you a, ever gremlin? Have a gremlin? My father had a gremlin. Uh, no, but st- I knew people who had gremlins. <laughs> the gremlin. I'm like, all you have to do is say gremlin. There's a whole, there's probably three generations. And we're not that talking the movie. Like. We're not talking the movie. Right. We're talking we're a car. We're talking about a car. Talking about a car. Um, so yeah, so, oh my God, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This is great. Thank you. Tell everybody once again the name of your books, please. Absolutely. And your name. (laughs) Hi, I'm Frank Jones. (laughs) 
Oh my god. I'm Jen Fiore and the names of my books are Heaven Sent and All the Parts of Me. And my newest release book is my cookbook. It just happens to be gluten free. And wait a second. Gluten. No, it's not gluten, guys. Gluten-free. It just happens to be gluten free. Easy, clean, and reliable family recipes that bring the flavor and please the crowd. Wow, you are just oh my gosh. You definitely you brought the recipes, the great recipes. But you brought the fun. Well, thank you. Well, I can always have fun with my friend. I know. We Momo. don't see each other enough. I'm going to have to come down to your big brand new house and George? sleep in your, your son's amazing oh basement gosh. room with the incredible shower oh that my I gosh. just sit in. That shower is bigger than I, I know. I think What's that wrong shower is bigger than my house. Stop <laughs> it. We went a little crazy. but like, why can't I ah, make it bigger? Ah, why not this big? And then there was no shower curtains to fit it, so then we had to put a glass door on it. That was a real true story. I We make it big. Why not? The space is big enough. Got the thing. Then I buy the shower curtain, as big as I could get the shower curtain. And you know how shower curtains billow a little mm-hmm. bit so the water doesn't come out? Yeah. Oh, my God. This shower curtain's not big enough. For the sh- hey, Mom, I really love the shower, but water is everywhere. <laughs> Thanks, son. <laughs> Funny, but yeah. So we we love our space when our dogs love our land and we yeah. have a good time in Georgia. Come visit. I am going to come visit now. I'll feed you. Now I and, can. Yes. And, and please make sure that the salt is not 40 years old. No, I will have salt that will be at least 40 days old. Yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. All right. See you soon, everybody.